Well, welcome everyone. And I would love to welcome Samantha to the Insightful Adventuring Podcast. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Heather. Happy to be here. It's so great to get to know people from all over the country. And I'm so glad that you're here from the East Coast and able to share all that you do. So why don't we start off with just a a few minutes of just you sharing what you do and how you got to where you are. Yeah. Um, So I am a success coach for high achieving women. And what that really means is I help women who seem to have it all on the outside. um, But at the end of the day, they feel like empty on the inside, like their goals that they're going towards are not actually bringing them the happiness that they expected. Um, And I help them to really get clear on what it is that they want and tap into their own sense of worthiness. Because at the end of the day, that is something that I see so many women struggle with, even if they are putting on this face of bravery as they go into their jobs, whatever they are, and they seem to be a boss in the corporate setting. Um, They come home and they feel like they have to overachieve all the time just to keep up the facade. Um, And that is something that I could absolutely relate to in my corporate career. Um, So I help them tap into that sense of worthiness through um, both just general coaching practices, active listening and goal setting, but also incorporating energy work. Um, So I've been in a shamanic apprenticeship for the last year um, and really focusing in on how I can use energy work to help my clients heal their past stories um, and tap into their subconscious to rewrite the stories that might be holding them back. Um, So that's a little bit about what I do today. Um, And like you said, based on the East Coast and the Boston area, but I work virtually with my clients as well. Um, And my background is in corporate human resources. So I spent 10 years climbing corporate ladder, um, went to, you know, well-to-do schools, grad school. Um, I got scholarships. Um, I got into really competitive programs um, in leadership development to help accelerate my career. I thought all of these things were going to make me incredibly happy and quote unquote successful. And at the end of the day, I realized I was at a breaking point. I was miserable. (laughs) Um, I was lonely And I just felt like an outsider in my own life, just watching it all kind of happen, but feeling totally detached at the same time. Um, So I hired my own coach to get started. And when we, you know, I hired her under the premise that we would talk about career acceleration um, and really finding my confidence. What we ended up talking about was the sense of worthiness that I was really lacking at the end of the day. Um, So that was a huge shift for me. And I realized that I could amplify that work with the um, shamanic practices from my own coach. And um, now that's something that I'm trying to really bring into the world for other women, because I don't want anyone to suffer the way that I did. And I know that there are plenty of women that can relate to that story. Okay. I have a couple of things to kind of build up, (laughs) which are amazing. I loved your story because it brought up so many different things for me. Number one, just... social media right now, everybody looks like they're great on the outside. And so I think it's so powerful that you work in this capacity to help bring forward some of the things that women might not feel comfortable sharing and discovering and exploring within themselves because they think everybody else is perfect and doing it the right way. And I put right in quotation. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, up until I had met my coach, I thought I was the only one suffering from this. I thought I was absolutely alone. Everyone else seems to have it together. Everyone else seems to have exactly what I want. And it seems to come with so much ease for them. And uh, this sense of being an outsider, I, I just thought, you know, no one can relate to my story. And little did I know so many people can relate. But to your point, nobody talks about that. And really on social media, you see the best highlight reel of people's lives, not not the emotions or the turmoil or the imposter syndrome that they might be going through on a daily basis. Right. Well, and you also talked about too, about this um, piece of reaching your goals and thinking, oh, once I reach it, there's going to be happiness. And it's uh, what I'm finding a lot too is, and maybe you're seeing this as well, is a lot of people feel like they're reaching the goals, but those goals were put in place by society or their family, or what they think is the ideal, when it really comes down to it, they're not living their purpose or on their path of where they're supposed to be and being yeah. able to find happiness just in the everyday. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree with that. I mean, that's really at the core of what I do is help women reimagine what success could mean for them. Because to your point, we ha- a lot of us have this sort of maybe idealized American dream syndrome of what happiness should be, what our successful life should look like. And it often involves going to school, getting good grades, getting into a good college, getting good internships, getting that job, climbing the corporate ladder, having a family. And then when you're 65, you can retire and enjoy your life for real. And I just think life is too short. You never know what's going to happen. And, you know, with so uh, you know rising rates of mental health issues going on across the world, um, particularly with the pandemic, it's, it's too, too long to wait till we're 65 to really start trying to live an authentic purpose-driven life. Yeah, it's so true. It's funny because everybody keeps saying to me, like, you're living the dream. You've quit everything. You got rid of everything. You're driving across country, you're exploring. And, and it's very funny because that might be my dream, but that might not be somebody else's. And when you're living in it at the same time, yes, I post beautiful pictures, but not every day is the dream, right? It's like yeah. some days are not that. And it's interesting to kind of see other people's perspectives as they're looking at your life, but then your own perspective as you're looking out. At yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think one-on-one work is so powerful because it's really about going within to find what's right for you. It's not about looking at what other people are doing and just trying to copy paste that into your own life. Because like you said, that might not be for somebody that's, you know, looking from the outside in. Um, And you may find like your true passion lies somewhere totally different. But if you don't allow yourself that chance to explore, you know, your inner world and then take action to actually try those things out, it's hard to really ever know. It is for sure. You also mentioned the shamanic apprenticeship that you're doing. And I know shamanic or I think from um, interviewing other people who are shamans, that some of the work aligns really well with nature and like the outdoors and pieces of that. Do you work that into your own life? Yeah. So uh, what I practice for the most part is 
like shamanic practices with a modern mindset principle. So a lot of what I do is sharing energy. A lot of my clients are virtual. So it's not necessarily that we're going into nature together, but really using what I call a consciousness journey to tap into their subconscious and therefore their energetic level. Um, so that's where a lot of the deep changes happen when we talk on a surface level um, and you're using your very focused conscious mind. Um, it's hard to really sometimes get to the underlying reasons for why you might believe or feel a certain way. And when we're able to get into that more meditative state, which I do by just using my voice um, and sharing this sort of energy with my client, um, then we're able to sort of access a different part of themselves. So it, it takes them almost into like a hypnotic state where they can access um, more of their alpha, even theta brainwave states, which are just slower, more open. Um, and that's where you can access your subconscious, your more creative mind. Um, and you, I use powerful imagery. I use um, uh, metaphor and, um, uh, sorry, <laughs> just had a moment, but I use powerful imagery and metaphor to um, help my clients go even deeper. So they can use visual, they can use sort of what they're experiencing in the sensory um, environment as well, even though it's kind of all going on in their head, it's a very real experience for them um, to shift. And so sometimes that is describing the sort of uh, natural experience to them um, without necessarily going out into nature. Um, but it might be something that they really recognize and resonate with. And then that leads them to go forward and know, like, for me, being outside, getting grounded, feeling my feet on the floor is incredibly helpful for me to um, shift my mindset or just get grounded. Right. Right. It's, I am finding myself and a lot of people right now are struggling with being grounded. I do work with the chakras and talking about mm -hmm. the root chakra and it feels, it's very interesting because a lot of people want to work in the like upper portion of the mm -hmm. body, right. With connecting with intuition, which is something I work with my clients with a lot and doing that work. But sometimes if you get way up there, you lose the grounding piece. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what is helpful about this work is sometimes, sometimes people don't always have access to the outdoors, right? You may live in a city or you may not have transportation where you can get out to open spaces, but this allows you to find that sort of within you and starting with the root chakra, I'm so glad you mentioned the chakras too, because that's that's exactly how I tap into their energy from the start. So it'll it'll typically start with me helping them root down into the earth and just imagine that within them, right? Because the whole world is within us as well. Like we are no we're not separate from everyone around us. We're not separate from the world we share. Um, so it's finding that within them and helping them to connect to their own intuition, their own inner knowing in that way. Um, but absolutely, I think when we're, you know, if we're talking about chakras, when we're opening our, our top chakra, our crown chakra too much, then it, we're not able to actually materialize any of the things or the ideas that we have, right? So we have to bring the intuition, the inspiration that we get down through each of our chakras, um, to take that energy back down, to make it material and to take action. 
Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful way. It's interesting when you talk, I can completely visualize that process happening. So you have such a amazing way of expressing that. And, and your voice is just, it literally gave me that image of pulling that idea or that thought that you have, or that thing that just comes to you when you're driving down the street or taking a shower. Right. And like being able to say, okay, I need to bring that through down to the mm-hmm. root so then I can be there grounded with it and then be bring it back up almost through all those creative like the creative chakra and all of those other pieces to really start yeah. bringing it into fruition otherwise it's just staying up there right yeah and I, I think you know that's where the coaching piece comes in too because I get to share the experience with my clients like I'm energetically going through it with them I see myself as being there with them and the same imagery applies to me um, and then along the way, I'm asking them questions to help them get clearer. So it's not just what are you experiencing it, but what is the impact of this experience and how are you going to embody this experience going forward? Because nothing changes if you don't take action at the end of the day. Um, yes, the like thought process, the feminine energy, the, um, bringing down the ideas and inspiration is great, but we, there's another side to that, right? There's the masculine energy. There's the taking the forward action and trying something new um that you need as well so speaking of trying something new you mentioned before we got on this call about a hike would you like to share about that yeah absolutely so um when I was going through my own sort of spiritual awakening um and probably at the height of it um that was summer of 2020 so um I was kind of isolated in my Boston apartment and um, I didn't have any roommates. And one thing I really wanted to try for a very long time was hiking in the White Mountains. Um, so I decided to take action and I drove myself up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday to um, the White Mountains, which is about two hours away from Boston. Um, and I completed my first hike there. So the Welch Dickey Loop, which is, I think, a round trip of like three and a half hours. Um, and it was just one of the most proud moments I had. Um, and just reminded me of how important it is to have a strong relationship with yourself. Because in the past, I would have waited for someone to tell me that they could go with me, that they could guide me, that I wouldn't be alone. Um, because there's also this fear of like doing things on your own. Um, very much, I think, in the millennial <laughs> culture as well. Um, and so having the opportunity to do something that I knew I really wanted to do and just make it happen rather than waiting for the right um, circumstances to fall into place. Um, It was one of the most beautiful hikes I've ever done. And I felt so accomplished afterwards. I took my journal with me. I just had such a lovely time. And it was such an embodiment of sort of the mental challenges or emotional challenges I had been facing um, with the physical Right. So that representation of doing it on my own and just being okay with being alone as I passed groups of hikers that were, you know, having this experience together, I didn't feel the sense of like, oh, I wish I had someone with me. I was just so happy to be there. Um, And so that was just a really uh, amazing experience for me. Yeah. It's interesting because being out in the Sierras right now, the mountains are gigantic, right? Mm-hmm. And so from being back from the Northeast, right? The largest mountain, the highest mountain is Mount Washington, right? Mm-hmm. At 6,000 feet out here. It's like, that's pretty much where they start if you're starting right here. So it's really yeah. interesting because 
the hikes back east are extremely challenging, but sometimes don't get that the credit that they deserve. And I remember doing Welch Dickey and it's a such a beautiful hike, but it has its own challenges of being on just flat granite slabs as you're walking yeah. up, right? And that yeah. in itself, when you're solo, there's a whole nother different process of thinking of safety and mm-hmm. pieces like that because you're solo. But yeah. it also means that there's so much more of a, I don't really want to use the word payoff, but that's the word that's coming, like a more mental sense of accomplishment. Yeah, it's like a yeah. emotional and mental like accomplishment payoff in your that changes it. I mean, for me at least, it changes how I kind of look at myself and what I'm capable of doing. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there were moments in that hike where I had, I'd never been hiking where I had to scramble or kind of figure out like how I get around this thing. There's usually a path in front of me. <laughs> um, and it's such a good representation for entrepreneurship too, right? Where like you don't have a path laid out in front of you. But there were moments where I said to myself, like, can I actually do this? And at the same time, I was like, no, I drove two hours here this morning. I'm getting this done. Like I am checking this off of my bucket list and having that sort of determination going forward and just knowing like, I'm going to get to the end of this, whether it takes me three and a half hours or takes me five hours, like I'm doing this um, is just, yeah, that, that payoff at the end of like, I trusted in myself and I completed this. Um, And it's not that like, I believe we need our community and um, that our network is really important, but sometimes just having that sense of internal satisfaction that you you stayed w- true to yourself and did what you um, set out to do is just really, you know, it's its own high. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I love that you mentioned not really having a path in front of you and how that compares to entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and just living life in general too, that sometimes like, right. If you're on just a trail, the trail's always there. You can see where it's been flattened out, but if you're on like, these open slabs or you're scrambling over rocks, sometimes the best way isn't as clear, but yet we, along the way, usually there's things called cairns, which are those rock piles for um, people. And so it's almost like when I think about life or entrepreneurship, there's sometimes signs of things of like, Oh, maybe I'm supposed to go that way. And that's kind of how I think of like the cairn on the hiking trail. That's not as defined. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's like another form of following your own intuition along the way, like actually getting quiet and listening to your inner voice. Cause that might be the Karen or whatever sign you needed to lead you forward. And maybe it doesn't look the same way you thought it would, but that's okay too. Yeah. Yep. I, we were joking about, so I do housekeeping here and we were joking about how Um, sometimes when I do like money manifestations and things like that for my own self of like, or abundance, um, sometimes you have to pick up the penny Mm -hmm. to then be able to call in something bigger. And I think that's like, so true about energy work, um, that sometimes you have to have that gratitude for that small thing, for the bigger thing to kind of come into fruition. A hundred percent. I mean, so much of the work I've done in the last year, especially has been getting myself ready to receive the clients that I want to receive, really preparing myself and and still taking action, of course, but 
you know, I am someone who's guilty of having little patience with herself at times. Um, and that was a lot of the mindset work I had to do initially is like, you know, I don't go from zero to 60. That's okay. I don't have to be that coach that, you know, you see all over Instagram that's made these seven figures in her first year of business. And that's not what I'm setting out to do. I'm setting out to have a long-term um, community and relationship with the people that I want to help. And um, I know that I, I'll do that. And I know that, um, you know, similar to the abundance manifestations, I keep calling those people in and feeling gratitude for when they show up. And I'm here showing up every day too, so that when they're ready to to receive me, that they know exactly where to look as well. Yeah. So if you had a couple tips, you've shared a few things um, throughout our conversation, but if you had a few tips, especially like maybe like a tip around the grounding piece uh, and any other thing that you might want to share with the listeners. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would say carve out time for yourself, number one. Um, if any of your listen listeners are anything like me, um, I had a really hard time spending time alone. So going from living with my family to roommates to always keeping busy, um, I didn't understand what di- downtime was. So just actually intentionally carving out that time and letting go of distractions. So maybe that is going for a hike or even going for a walk by yourself. Um, and as you do, start to just get familiar with your own thoughts, right? Um, so trying to release your to-do list or thinking forward, but really get curious about what your own inner voice is saying. Um, and I, w- I would also suggest allowing yourself to be led. Like maybe you have a day or even half a day where you allow yourself just to listen to your intuition and act on it. Um, because I think so often we get caught up in what if it's not good enough or what if we go somewhere and it doesn't pay off at the highest degree or, you know, what if I waste my time doing this? Um, and it doesn't matter, right? Like sometimes if we just listen, we might have the most incredible experience that we wouldn't have allowed ourselves to be open to otherwise. Um, and again, it's just another way to tap into your own inner voice. The other thing um, that I have found really helpful, just one last thing is, um, well, maybe two last things, but, but um, the other thing that I found really helpful is um, my own self-study. So even just getting quiet and sitting, and if you know anything about the chakras, there's tons of information um, on the internet about them, but the seven main chakras, um, if you can sit with yourself, get quiet and just start to tap into each. So one practice I learned from a book called Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mix um, was just starting with your root chakra and observing what's going on there, moving up to your sacral, your solar plexus, your heart, your throat, your third eye, and then your crown um, to really just get acquainted with, okay, how does it feel today? What maybe feels like it's blocked? Where is Where does it feel like energy might not be flowing? And if that term is too woo, that's okay. But just it's another way of connecting back to your body and what's going on. Wonderful. I see you nodding your head. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm so excited because, um, and for the listeners out there, if you're not as um, familiar with the chakras, feel free to visit like my Instagram um, because I go over the chakras quite regularly on there. So that can help kind of combo with this podcast as a way for them to kind of for you to 
figure out like where those might be located and and that kind of piece and the colors that are associated with them and there's so much cool information there so one of the first tips you shared was around having them make time for themselves and one of the things I find with people when I share that is like they don't even know where to start to figure <laughs> out how to make time for themselves maybe they have like three kids at home they're shoveling they're busting them to different places do you have any tips for that in terms of how they might start to look at their schedule and find that time and yeah so it doesn't have to be anything extravagant but even if you like one I would carve out the time put it on your schedule and hopefully you can organize like if you have um, kids that you're taking care of you can organize childcare and remove the distractions. Sometimes that's not always possible, but maybe you find a quiet place while kids are napping. Um, and distractions meaning your phone, distractions meaning the TV, um, all of these things that will keep you in this loop of kind of not self-numbing, right? And um, ignoring that inner voice. So maybe you wake up a little bit early in the morning, 30 minutes early, and you journal um, as a way to tap into that inner voice and, and carve that time out for yourself. Or maybe you meditate, or maybe you just sit on your porch and enjoy a cup of coffee. It doesn't, again, doesn't have to be extravagant, but it's finding that time for you and trying to make it as regular of a practice as you can. Um, so even if you're, you know, not able to do it seven days a week, maybe you, you carve that time out in your weekend and make sure it's a priority. Um, so that you can take care of yourself because it's also really hard to care for others um, when you're not caring for yourself at all. Yeah. It's so, it's, it's so powerful when you can take that time. I, there's something so special. Like when you mentioned coffee on the porch or uh, it's just, or tea or whatever you drink, whether it be water, yeah. thing, just being able to take some time, and especially if you can bring it outside and connect with your senses and be in that moment of just enjoying that. I think sometimes people, when they get their coffee, they're in the process of doing so many other things that they don't even enjoy the coffee. They just know they need it for the energy Yeah. versus being able to be, get the sensory piece of like drinking the coffee and tasting the coffee and feeling the warmth of the cup and all of those pieces that go yeah. along with it. Yeah, absolutely. Connecting back to that sensory information helps us to get grounded in the present moment because otherwise we're so caught up in the past and what's happened or thinking about the future and what we need to do that we're like up in arms and swirling and it's really hard to be grounded in those moments. So just bringing yourself back to a present moment um, is so helpful. And the other piece I'll add too is I, I think to your point earlier with social media, sometimes having a morning routine seems like such an extravagant thing that we need to follow. And for me personally, that's really off-putting because I'm not going to spend two hours a day doing my morning routine. I, that's not in my schedule and nor do I need it to be um, in order to feel like I'm taking care of myself. What, like you have to find what works for you, but don't get caught up in this. Like, well, I need to meditate for an hour. I need to have like, you know, this fancy green drink in the morning and then journal for 30 minutes and, you know, all of this other stuff. 
it doesn't have to be that extravagant. Maybe you carve out a 30 minute or 15 minute morning routine where you have coffee on the porch and do some stretching. Like that is perfectly fine, right? Whatever works for you and helps you stay consistent is what is going to work. It's not, it's not the, the fancy, um, Instagram morning routine that you see so often. Exactly. Exactly. Or like right before you go to bed, that last 15 minutes that you might be scrolling Facebook or Instagram, pull out a journal and have your eyes adjust to the natural light and just be in that space. Mm -hmm. So I think, like you said, so many people feel like it has to be so long or a certain amount of time or, oh, this is what they, the experts say versus mm-hmm. I, I was just talking to a client actually the other day about meditation and she, cause she feels like she's doing it wrong. And I was like, there's no real wrong way to do meditation. If it works for you could be standing yeah. in the shower and feeling the water on you and being in that, like you said, the present moment mm-hmm. and just being, and being present is so just wonderful. And can do yeah. so much for you. Yeah. And there's not a lot of, like, we get a lot of messaging around how we should be or how we should act. And I don't think being present, I mean, in the true sense of being present is, is something that we get a lot of messaging around. It's like, yeah, be present, but what the heck does that mean? Right. right. <laughs> like just slowing down, being um, open to, to more rest, because that's another thing that I think we struggle with as a society is taking time to rest. Um, and just like clearing our schedules and doing, or like even, even for 30 minutes doing nothing, it feels like lost time or we're not being productive, but our worth, our value is not based on our productivity. Right. And rest can be incredibly productive when we're able to, to reset and, you know, slow our brain, our brains down. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because probably about like right before this call, it was very funny. I was like, I'm really tired. I should like lay down and just rest for a minute. Um, and then, but instead I looked around my room and I was like, I need to, I need to tidy this up because it's my day off and it's like my time to actually tidy up my room. But in the meantime, I was able to cleaning that helped clean my head out. Right. And yeah. so it was very interesting because I'm like, I can nap in after. And so being able to process what that would look like for me and giving myself that time to rest. But it's interesting how my mind right away went to, oh, I want to be productive. Yeah. To get it done. So absolutely. And like another aside here, but um, if you know anything about human design, um, I'm a manifesting generator. And so what I'm learning is that the way my energy levels work is that I go all in on things at certain times. And then I'm a little like, I'm a little more inactive in sometimes. Um, but I can be incredibly productive in those moments of like high energy and inspiration. And I used to feel really guilty about not being consistent. Mm-hmm. And now I'm realizing this is just who I am more at my core of like, I have these waves of productivity or le- energy levels, and I can actually capitalize on those. And still take time to rest. It's still equally as important in order to clear my mind so that I'm ready for those moments of high energy and high productivity. Yeah. I think it's so important probably for, it's so great that your clients can have you coach them. And so you can relate to that, that everybody's different versus the things that they might see of, oh, this is how you run a business online. And, but it's like, no, it could actually look very different based on who you are as an individual. And it should, right? Like, 
this idea that we're all following the same sort of success path um, is so ludicrous. And it took me 28 years to realize that (laughs) because I was so driven towards like, I have to be making X number of dollars. I have to like have this title. I have to, you know, be here by the time I'm 30, all of these qualifiers. And I didn't even know why I was working towards them. Um, I realized like that can't possibly align. I mean, if, if I'm feeling like I'm always failing, how is this success? Right? Like if I'm always (laughs) uncomfortable, how is this possibly success? Um, and you know, if you look around the world, like the subset of people following that success path and really enjoying it, this is probably a small number compared to other people on their own path, right. That are, that have found what brings them joy that have found their deeper purpose, um, and are following that. Yeah. And one more caveat here is you don't have to quit your job and become an entrepreneur to follow your path of success, yeah. right? Like it might just be like finding hobbies that light you up, that like finding the things that bring you joy outside of work, right? Um, because that's the other piece is I, maybe it's because of the world I'm in um, where there's so many coaches in the space, but um, I see so many people kind of promoting like, just be an entrepreneur, quit your job. Like Mm -hmm. you don't need corporate. And for a lot of people, that is their safety. That is their stability. And you can't ask people to take that away and then take huge action um, and put themselves out there. Right. So it might just be like taking a painting class for the first time or joining a hiking group or, um, you know, even like finding a hobby like knitting or some, something else that brings you joy, something that maybe inspires creativity in you um, that lights you up. That's where you start finding your passion. For sure. And it's funny because it all, it could be that you're the person that loves corporate too. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, there's nothing funny, wrong with that. Cause I, I remember somebody asked me a long time ago, what my favorite job was growing up. And, it's, and I did the babysitting. I did all those things. And I became like, went into early childhood and did all those, that pieces. But one of my favorite jobs was working at the grocery store later in the evening during my college break. And I'm also loving being a housekeeper because I'm around people mm-hmm. and socializing. And I realized like, that's why I love what the work I do as an entrepreneur too, because I'm always constantly trying to help them as that, like, like the guests and things like that, find what they want to do and what they enjoy. And so it's like, you can love what you're currently doing, or you can find that hobby that's going to steer you towards something that you're going to love to do, or just do that hobby. Like you said. Yeah. yeah. And your success doesn't have to be measured by like where the money key performance ind- indicators yeah. <laughs> like we do in corporate, right? Like right. It, 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 there's no set groups of measuring your success that can be measured in like how good do I feel today? Like how many people did I connect with today? Um, how much time did I get to spend outside today? It doesn't have to be by a dollar amount or by deals closed or sales made, you know, it's, it, we get so caught up in these measures, but they're kind of performative at the end of the day. That doesn't, we don't measure. If we look back on our lives at the end of the day, we're not going <laughs> to think back to those performance indicators. We're going to think back to the time spent with loved ones, the time, you know, that we were actually in our passion, our purpose. I w- wouldn't it be amazing if everything was based off of like the joy, the happiness and the love that we share, fe- felt in a day. And that was how we, like, if everybody was like that, that would be 
like everybody measured it that way, how phenomenal mm-hmm. this world would be. Yeah. Like we have a lot more joy and a lot right. less anxiety. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like we could talk forever, but I, I want to be uh, conscious of your time and the listener's time. Where can people find you? Yeah. So my company is called Lighthouse Coaching and it's spelled L-I-G-H-T-H-A-U-S. Um, so H-A-U-S for house. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at lighthouse underscore coaching spelled the same way or, or my website, lighthousecoaching.org. Um, and feel free to reach out to me, um, on either platform and connect because I would love to have you in my world. Um, I have a February challenge that I am, um, about to launch as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, just more on uh, a week full of self-love prompts to help you kind of start that journey within. Um, February tends to be a month where we focus a lot uh, on loving things external to ourselves or people external to ourselves. Um, So this is really to flip the switch and and help you go within and feel more love for yourself. Oh, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. And I will put all those links also hyperlinked in the show notes. So as viewers, um, our listeners, you can just go right to the show notes and find those and click on them so you can find Samantha. Samantha, thank you so much for being on Insightful Adventuring. It was a pleasure and I feel honored to have talked and had this time to talk with you. Thank you so much, Heather. I really appreciate you having me. It was a great conversation. Thank you.